Shalom, this is Rabbi Talmud Davis Hart from Beth Elohim Messianic Synagogue, and I'd like to invite you to submit any comments, questions, or suggestions for subjects you might want me to approach or teach on by going to our website at rabdavis.org and just click on the link, Ask the Rabbi, and place your comments there, and I'll be happy to address them. I'm bringing a teaching tonight called You Have Heard and I Say Unto You. And we're taking the text uh, in Matthew 5, 21 through 43. You've heard me say several times if you've listened to my teachings that we have to go beyond the obvious content of a verse of scripture and get to the concept behind it. Recently in a prophecy class, uh, there were many people who uh, were easily identified not understanding what we talk about when we're talking about concepts hidden beneath the particular or the literal uh, written word. So I'll give you first a dictionary definition of concept, and then I'll illustrate how it applies to a particular verse in the Bible by drawing on Yeshua's own illustrations in his Sermon on the Mount. The dictionary definition is as follows. A concept is, number one, a general notion or idea, conception, Number two, an idea of something formed by mentally combining all its characteristics or particulars, a construct. Number three, a directly conceived or intuited object of thought. And number four, a theme or image, especially as embodied in the design or execution of something. So in Matthew 5, 21 through 43, Yeshua says first in verse 21, you have heard it. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not murder. Next in verses 27, he says, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Then in verse 31, we read, It hath been said by them of old time, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. The next is in verse 33, and it says, Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, that thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. Then in verse 38 we read, You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. And the last is in verse 43. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. Before we deal with a few of these statements, we must first consider them together as a whole, because as you look at them, you'll see at once that there are certain principles, a fundamental law, axiom, or doctrine, which are common to all six. You'll see that Yeshua was more concerned about the concept underlying the principles than about the particulars. In other words, in our scriptures, we see that he cites the principles and then illustrates the concept underlying them, or after each statement, he gives us the concept behind the particular. So now you have to place yourself back into the time that Yeshua was addressing these statements to the people. And you will in the formula Yeshua uses, he does not say what you have read in the Law of Moshe, or it was written and you have read it, but he says, you have heard it was said by them of old time. It's important to understand this because the same conditions exist today as then. We stand always leaving the interpretation to others and not understanding it ourselves. In Yeshua's time, the Jews had returned from Babylon, where they mostly forgot their Hebrew and now spoke Aramaic. 
they depended upon the rabbis to interpret scripture for them. Judaism then and now is like the Catholic Church. When they had the Latin Mass and read the scriptures in Latin, a language most parishioners didn't understand. The Protestant Reformation did, in a sense, give the Bible back to the people, but true to form, most do not want to read scriptures for themselves, and they would rather depend on professionals, so to speak, to interpret it for them. In Yeshua's time, the Pharisees and scribes had added their own interpretations to scripture, and it was almost impossible to tell which was Torah and which was interpretation. The reality is that these people thought as if law was in reality not the law itself, but a representation of it given by the scribes and Pharisees. Yeshua in the Sermon on the Mount is saying, I am interpreting the law of Moshe, and it is my interpretation that is true, and not that of the Pharisees and scribes. In fact, he's saying, I, who am speaking to you, am the very one who is responsible for the law of Moshe. It was I who gave it to Moshe, and it is I alone, therefore, who can truly interpret it for you. That's the problem that the scribes and Pharisees had with Yeshua. He was speaking in his own authority and not in the name of Rabbi so-and-so, who spoke in the name of Rabbi so-and-so. Now, it's characteristic of human nature that we prefer always to have things cut and dried for us rather than have them in the form of concepts. That's why certain forms of religion are popular. The natural man likes to be given a list, then he feels as long as he conforms to the things stated on that list, all is well. Yeshua does not present the Torah in his way. He presents it as a living well of thought, yet we all tend to like our Torah in lists. It's very much easier to think of holiness in terms of a list of things to do than to apply a concept or principle to every situation that occurs and that has a demand upon us every day in every situation instead of a set period of time or circumstances. The particular addresses one situation, but a concept addresses all the situations we may encounter. For example, if you take one of these six detailed statements and say, as long as I do not commit adultery and so-and-so, I'm all right, then you've missed entirely Yeshua's point. As he points out, to look on a woman with lust is to have committed adultery already. Yet, if we are concerned only with the particular and don't understand the concept upon which it's based, we fail to see Yeshua's point. He's not given a code of ethics here. He is out to delineate a certain order of life, a way of life. And he says, in effect, look, I'm illustrating this kind of life. It means this type of behavior in all aspects of living. So we must hold to the concept instead of the particular. Or we would go on sinning, thinking we're safe because of holding to the particular instead of the concept or principle. And let me explain this in another way. Those of us who are in the ministry spend a great deal of time answering questions of people who come and want a particular pronouncement upon a particular question. Because there are particular problems that face all of this, there are certain people who always seem to want some kind of detailed statement so when they're confronted with a particular problem, they can get an automatic or formulated answer or find it in a book or an iPhone. The Talmud is a book something like that, as are other books of religion. But Yeshua does not treat us as children who need day-to-day -day instruction on particulars. Instead, he gives us the concepts and principles to live by 
and allows us to apply these concepts and principles to the everyday situations we encounter. If you apply the formula, ye have heard, and I say unto you, you will find that the principle or concept he uses is exactly the same in every case. In one he's dealing with sex morality, in the other with murder, and in the next with divorce. He gives six illustrations of the one truth. So ask yourselves, what is the common principle or concept to be found in all six? Well, I'll answer that question. First, by saying that Yeshua's chief desire is to show us the true meaning and intent of the Torah and to correct the erroneous conclusions which have been brought from it by the Pharisees, the scribes, and today's modern commentators, televangelists, and many others, and correct the false notions they've overlaid upon the Torah. The first principle Yeshua is showing us is that the spirit of the law, Torah, is more important than the letter only. The law was not meant to be mechanical, but living. The trouble with the Pharisees and scribes and modern counterparts is that they concentrate only on the letter to the exclusion of the spirit. It's like the relationship between form and content. Spirit is something that must always be embodied in form, and that's where the difficulty arises. Men will ever concentrate on the form rather than the content, upon the letter rather than upon the spirit. Shaul stresses this in 2 Corinthians where he says, The letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. The purpose of the letter is to give body to the spirit. And that does not mean those who follow God's laws, uh, out, obedient to his laws, out of love are under the law. We're accused of that all the time. We follow God's laws out of the spirit of love for God, and we apply the spirit to the laws that we're obedient in. That's why he told them so many times, the Israelites, in the Old Testament, you know, I don't want your sacrifices. Now Christianity runs with that and says, see, we told you, he doesn't want any of that. That's all wrong. It's all done away with. No. He didn't want those sacrifices because the people didn't give them with heart. They gave them because it was a ritual. They had a list to follow, which animal, when to do it, to take it to the cone, to take it to the temple, so on and so forth. But their heart wasn't in it. And I teach the same thing in our synagogue today. Don't give your tithe. Don't give your offerings if your heart isn't in it. Don't come to Shabbat services if you're watching the time clock, figuring what you're going to do when you get home, and hurry up and get Shabbat services over with. Just don't come. God knows your heart. As long as the Pharisees believed that they didn't actually kill a man, they thought they had kept the law perfectly. But Yeshua showed they were missing the whole point, the concept, if you will. The letter of the law says we're not to literally commit murder, but, but the spirit, the concept, warns us not to have a bad attitude against our fellow man, not to engage in character assassination, even if true, for that's akin to murder. He teaches that the spirit demands that we have a loving and right attitude toward others, even our enemies. This is the concept behind the particular. What we need to realize is that the law of God is concerned as much with what leads to the action as it is with the action itself. We cannot recognize this unless we recognize the concept. Again, it doesn't mean that the action doesn't matter. It does. It does very definitely. But it's not the only action that's important. The next principle is that the law, the Torah, must not only be thought of in the negative form, 
The ultimate purpose of the Torah is not merely to prevent our doing certain things that are wrong. Its real object is to lead us to positively, positivity, not only to do that which is right, but love doing it, following God's laws out of love for our God, emulating the one we call our Lord. We should be hungering and thirsting for righteousness, not merely avoiding negative evil things or doing good things, saying, well, that ought to get me a few points. I should have more crowns than you because I did this, this, or that. So I ask you, in your study of the Bible, to look beyond the particular and ask Yahweh that his Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, reveal his concept behind the particular. Discover the richness of God's word. Shalom.